Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shakya Presents Movie Night. Um, I'm your host. My name is Rudy Obias. Uh, joining me for this uh, first half of this episode, he is a podcaster for, for Showing.net. He's also a writer for uh, Film School Rejects, Jeremy Kirk. Thank you so much for joining me here. Thanks. On... Thank you for having me. No, nope. Always a pleasure. No problem. So uh, the movie that we're going to talk about in this episode is is the new movie from uh, Gareth Evans. Uh, this is an Indonesian film called The Raid. Uh, it's brought over to America, changed the title of the a movie, and now it's called The Raid Redemption. Just, just slightly, yeah. Just slightly. I, I don't know if um, – I've seen this movie twice, and the redemption part element of the movie is just very small part of it. <laughs> it's not really – Yeah. I, I think that was something that they just kind of grasped at straws for just to kind of give it this this vibe that they're going to do sequels. Uh, and uh, th- this movie, uh, I'm not going to give too much away, does leave it wide open for sequels. Yeah. And hopefully this movie does make a ton of money in, in this country at least. Uh, but let me ask you, Jeremy, uh, what are your thoughts on, on The Raid? Uh, I thought it could not have been a more satisfying action movie. Uh, I saw this at the Paramount Theater um, last Sunday night, uh, South by Southwest crowd. And I think there were more applause breaks in that one movie than I've ever experienced before. It was just <laughs> every, probably every 10, 15 minutes, there would be a fight scene or there would just be one little fight moment or something would happen where people just could not control themselves audibly. I mean, there there, there was one time where, where, Something happens, and it's just so shocking and so amazing. Something that you've never seen in an action movie, and I, I just – can you curse on this? Excuse me? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. I, I, I couldn't control myself. I blurted out in the theater, no fucking way. <laughs> it was – I mean it was it was just an incredible, incredible experience. It is it is one of the most satisfying action movies I, I'm sure I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I, we were talking about um, the Hunger Games off mic before we actually started recording, and we're, uh, my biggest problem—I like the Hunger Games overall—but m- one of my biggest problems with the Hunger Games is the action just seems so incomprehensible because it's the shaky cam type of uh, uh, of action sequence. It's complete opposite in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen an action movie quite like this in a, in a very very long time. When a lot of action films today are kind of going to that born identity type of of action, where it is shaky cam, where we hear it more so than we see it, we don't know where these people are in relation to uh, the the location or the geography or what what kind of punches they're throwing or what kind of kicks are they're um, they're throwing or, or where they're landing. This is complete opposite. This 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 movie is just so very well um, put together, so very well mm-hmm. cut, so very well shot, and so th- well thought out. That that was my biggest takeaway from this movie overall. I mean, outside of the kick-ass action scenes, obviously, the fact that there was this attention to detail in the way the camera was positioned, the way the camera moves, and I think I appreciated that a lot because we don't get this kind of um, fluidity in in action films today. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said fluidity. I, I I think that's something that we that we definitely need to talk about. This movie was written directed and edited by Gareth Evans. So so in every aspect of this movie he had he was working out these fight scenes in his head. And and I'm I'm glad that he edited this because I I got a chance to talk to him about it. I love in the fight scenes in this movie where there will be a cut in the middle of a single move. Like like someone will throw a punch and then it will cut in the middle of that punch to another angle and just pick up from that punch. So it creates this amazing flow 
to every fight scene. So it, it's just like one fluid movement, just like you said. Uh, well, I think we, we kind of jumped into uh, our thoughts on the raid. Let me give a little brief synopsis. <laughs> this is from IMDb. Uh, a SWAT team becomes trapped in a tenement run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. So really, this, this the story of the raid is very simple. It's just a group of elite cops in this SWAT team. Um, they, they go to this rundown apartment complex to bring in kind of like the big uh, the big uh, criminal element of mm-hmm. this uh, urban city and that that's it cops go in and they just have to get this guy and come out easier said than done <laughs> sound, sounds simple sounds like something that just should take 20 minutes up and down um, but the thing is uh, they have to they go floor by floor and again this whole apartment complex is full of killers murderers drug dealers drug users it's, it's just like the most corrupt place imaginable and everyone yeah. is out to get this group of cops they're they're clearly outnumbered and the only way to get out of this place is to either shoot your way out uh, uh fight your way out or or just or you die in the aftermath and this movie is 101 minutes and it is all action i mean um and going into this movie, knowing what the premise was, watching the trailer, I was kind of skeptical about could um, Gareth Evans, the director of this film, pull off a hundred a uh, hundred minute movie with nothing but action. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, what are your um, what do you think? I mean, you, you see the film. Do, do you think that he pulls it off? Oh, he definitely pulls it off with this movie, and he pulls it off because he just he never lets the film become stagnant in any way. There is. There's something going on in every scene of this movie. Something is projecting one of the, the many storylines that, that kind of come out of this. Uh, something projects those forward. Um, and I, I was a little nervous as well because I, I liked Gareth Evans' last film, uh, Marantau. I don't know if you saw that. It was, it was the first martial arts – I'm sorry, did you? I, I haven't seen Marantau. Yeah, it's the first movie he did after after I think he fell in love with this this uh, martial art called Salat, um, and Marantau, which also stars Iku Iku Owais, I think his name is. It also stars him. Um, it has some really good action scenes, but there's a lot of downtime in Marantau. The the action that's in there is amazing, but you do you definitely see the peaks and valleys. The raid is just peak after peak after peak of of just high intensity action yeah and for whatever downtime there is in this movie i I would say probably about 15 minutes of this movie is plot or just character development or character interactions that that aren't fighting where the characters are actually just talking to each other um i think those are used pretty well just to give you like well here's the story and and here and now here's the situation after this fight scene now here's this situation Mm -hmm. after this fight scene um and what I think works in the fact that this whole movie is action is that it, it really does amp up the action as it goes on floor by floor. That the first action scene that you see in this movie was pretty amazing. And he's like, well, nothing can top that. Then the other one becomes a little bit faster. Yeah. And then the next one gets a little faster and faster and faster until you're, you're all the way at the top floor. Um, when, when that scene comes in, um, it's kind of like a two on one fight. I'll right. say, um, you're just as in it as this movie started. You're on the edge of your seat and mm-hmm. you're like kind of punching the air waiting for all this to <laughs> see how this all comes down. Um, and and the, the when I left the theater uh, after watching this movie, I thought to myself, this is a stuntman's wet dream. 
You know, yeah. this, this whole movie is nothing but stuntmen. I mean, even the star of this um, of this film is also the choreographer, uh, him, and actually the the main bad guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. They, they both choreographed it, um, and you get that feeling. Like <laughs> I, I said, I, I tweeted this after I first saw it. What I want to see from the DVD release of the Raid is a Jackie Chan type of blooper reel. Oh, all the all the mess ups. Yeah, because you you, get, <laughs> you know that they're all buddies, they're all friends, they're all really, oh, yeah, they're yeah. looking out for each other and. <laughs> Like when they mess something up, like oh everything's fine. Like I, I, I want to see the one time the the, t- the time where he bashes the guy's head into the wall repeatedly. I just want to <laughs> see the one time where he accidentally hits him a little too hard. Yeah, <laughs> knocks knocks the guy out. And I I feel I I will, I will be gypped if I don't get that yeah, exactly. kind of blooper reel. I'm I'm sure this this Blu-ray is going to be loaded with with the behind the scenes fight choreography and all that. Uh, so. I guess let's – I really want to get into um, some spoiler-heavy uh, discussion of this movie because mm-hmm. uh, I absolutely love it. And, uh, listeners, I highly recommend this movie. If you live in New York or L.A., go ahead and watch this movie. Uh, and I, I'm sure it's going to come out to other cities in this in this country, so, and I highly recommend it. This is yeah. probably one of the best movies I've seen all year. I, I, I would recommend – watching this at the end of your evening like don't try to don't think you're gonna go see this and then go out to dinner because it is it is an exhausting movie you do kind of need a nap after you're done watching this uh so uh i guess let's get into spoilers so so jeremy i'm curious what was your favorite uh fight sequence in this movie well i mean that final fight is just a thing of beauty it's the two brothers against the the main bad guy mad dog i think the 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 bad the bad guy that they fight at the end um that whole scene it just keeps building and building and changing hands and when you think it's almost over it just keeps going but it never gets repetitive and that's the great thing about this whole movie is that yeah it is just action after action after action but they do different things in each scene. They, they they have they bring up different moves, or they use the building in different ways, or things in a, a different way, and it, it never gets tiring. It never becomes tedious. I, I I love that action sequence, and and you're right. Uh, it just you don't know where this is going to go, even though it goes for a long time. Even when mm-hmm. you think that sequence is done, it's not. It keeps going. And and when it is when it is actually done, and we are in spoiler territory now. Territory now, so I'll. I'll just talk about it. When it is over, you know it's over, and that—that's the moment where I was like, "No fucking way!" When he grabbed that pe- the piece of glass sticking out of Mad Dog's neck and just pulled it over to the front. That was oh god. Well, I thought it was going to end when they stuck it into his neck, and then it, he's still yeah, fighting, yeah. and blood is still oozing out of it. Oh yeah, blood's just shooting out of the the glass tube. He doesn't care. He's got to kill these guys. It's yeah, it's it's pretty epic. Um, my favorite uh, sequence in it, I, I have two favorite sequences, but I think overall, uh, I'll just say this one, is when um, the two cops are in the hallway and the one cop is just really injured that he mm-hmm. needs um, the healthy guy, uh, Rama, the, the the main star of the movie, yeah. um, to, to support him. And he's fighting this army of guys with um, – while carrying his partner, who, who who's mm-hmm. gone limp, and at the same time he's fighting these people, <laughs> I think, and like he keeps pu- he's pushing him up to a wall so he can so he can stay stay up, and he's fighting one with one hand, and he's he's helping his partner with the other, and I, I couldn't believe something like, like he was pulling that off that well. And, but but believably, I mean, the, the, it never feels like they're speeding the action up in the camera. It, you you see that this actor do all of these moves. 
and just just watching him move that's i mean that's really him he he's very gifted at this martial art oh yeah and <laughs> well, then when his nightstick gets thrown away and he has to oh, yeah. he has the knife and he he cuts that guy's uh he puts the knife in that guy's thigh and then pulls it down to his kneecap oh <laughs> oh god yeah i forgot about that <laughs> oh but i mean there was there was one part i think in that that scene where um it, it's not a big moment but he just he does it so fast. He just he stabs this guy twice in the shoulder, just really, really fast. And the the audience just broke out in applause over that. It wasn't just a big move, it was just how fast he was. Let me guess the scene where you said no fucking way. Uh, it, oh, I just I already told you. Oh, what was the 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 neck thing? It was uh, the neck thing. Yeah. Well, how yeah. did your audience react to the scene where um, Rama is, is trapped in a hallway? The doors are locked. He can't get out. The only way he has to get out is to fight these guys with machetes, and it's like five guys with machetes, and he, he is he's mm-hmm. unarmed. Um, and how did you feel that scene ends? <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, that, that's the door frame scene, The right? door frame scene. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was one of the most inventive kills I think I've ever seen in an action movie. Uh, how, did, um, how did your theater react to that? South same, South West, awesome. every, same applause and cheers, <laughs> just yelling. See, uh, both we, were, we were a riotous bunch. We wanted blood. Uh, both times I've seen The Raid, I've seen it in these small screening rooms in New York, and uh, I think at the very most there's probably six people in the theater while watching Oh, it. yeah, you need to see with a big crowd. But even that scene with the door frame, I, the peop, just these six people going, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hell no. I'm like, oh, I can't. It was, yeah. And look, uh, six people of, of film critics in New York, someone saying, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> like any <laughs> – any level of grammar just goes right out the window and you're just spouting out <laughs> hyperbolic curse words. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was definitely one of my favorite kills in the whole movie. That was, a, that was a great scene. And what extends over that when he goes into the room and then they both fall out of the window as he's, oh, hitting, like, uh, jumping out of the window. That scene was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gareth Evans, and I don't remember it all that well. I, I did talk to him and, and Mike Shinoda and, and Joe Trepanese at South By. And after after I turned the camera off, uh, Gareth Evans actually kind of talked about how they shot that scene. It's actually, I, I don't remember like the details, but it is a composite of like two different shots. Um, it's pretty seamless, though. I mean, it is. Oh, it looks great. Uh, and I, I can't imagine the budget of this movie being huge and i'm kind of skeptical how this is because uh the the u.s rights have been sold for a remake of this movie i don't know how any how they're going to remake this movie in america just for how sure how violent a how violent it is and b i can't think of a single american actor that could pull off the same stuff as, as this main guy no and and i i can't think of any american director that would be able to capture this kind of fighting the same with the same fluidity that Gareth Evans does. I think, I think this, this movie, the way it is, the, the Indonesia version, Indonesian version is just the perfect marriage of, of actor and director and fight choreography. Yeah. And, uh, the, this main guy, uh, eco, uh, Oasis, I, I guess that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he, he is, uh, he he has this uh, sense to him on, on screen that he, this magnetism that you're just drawn to and just mm-hmm. he moves in the way I mean his acting isn't that great but what you take away is just his movement and his his just natural charisma that he has on stage uh, on screen and that, 
that was something that I was kind of because I'd never seen this guy before in a movie at all. But every time he was on screen, I was always drawn to him. Yeah, he was the lead in, in Marintal, Gareth okay. Evans' uh, previous film. But but yeah, his he's not the best actor, but just you you believe his character because of of his movements in in those fight scenes. Uh, one thing I didn't pick up until just, the second time I, I saw this movie was uh, the fact that I, I don't really feel this is a, a big, important thing to – well, maybe it is – that the fact that this main character was Muslim, I, I didn't uh, really pick that up until like the second time I saw the movie. I didn't notice that. Uh, the first shot of him in the movie, he's uh, praying to Mecca. Oh, yeah, he is praying. Okay, yeah, and he's praying on a mat. Interesting. And, and he, he he's he's definitely Muslim. And then I, I was uh, I listened to an interview with Gareth Evans, uh, and he says this type of martial arts that they're doing uh, uh, is Muslim. Is is kind of like the uh, this Southeast Asian Muslim uh, martial hmm. art. So I, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Interesting. Uh, and, and the way that this movie is. I feel that this movie has so much American entertainment value, uh, but I, I don't know if it's going to make a lot of money because it is foreign and there are subtitles. That's And that's unfortunate, and that's why they're, they've decided to remake it. Um, I don't know. I, I just – I almost even hate to tell people to, to watch it dubbed, but if, if you want to watch a really kick-ass action movie – yeah, I, I watch the dubbed version of the raid when you can, but watch the original version because uh, there's no way that any remake can capture what they capture with this movie. Uh, see, I was thinking about like, yeah, maybe watch a dub, but I don't know how menacing the, the scene between Mad Dog and the lieutenant <laughs> would be if it was dubbed. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I guess I don't know. I, I guess it's something that you have to pick and choose or get over. But but I mean, there's there's not much dialogue in this movie no. to begin with. <laughs> yeah, not you don't do that much reading. No, <laughs> in this no, movie. not really. You do a lot of oh shit, I can't believe that <laughs> happened. And, and, and that scene between Mad Dog and, and the Lieutenant, I love that scene because it seems like they're gonna have sex. You know, it's like let's go into this bedroom. I'm gonna take my my yeah. my shirt off, and then we're just gonna get <laughs> it, it on. It's a little intimate. It's a little intimate. You, you you start to read between the lines of those characters. <laughs> well, he even says like, oh, you know, I don't even like using this gun. You know, this yeah. is like you don't get any thrill with it. You know, I want to <laughs> fight you like, you know, with, with my hands so I can feel a pulse. I'm like, oh, man, like it feels like they're going to have sex or they're going to fight. Yeah. Luckily for us, they fought. <laughs> Luckily for us. <laughs> Uh, not for Mad Dog. <laughs> not for Mad Please Dog. Um, so uh, I guess let's uh, wrap up this episode of, uh, of Movie Night. Uh, so, Jeremy, you, you recommend this film? Highly, highly recommend this movie. S- seek it out because I don't, I don't know that it's opening in very many uh, on very many screens this weekend. I think it's only like in like thirteen cities, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely seek it out. It, it's strange in New York. It's actually playing at a, um, a lot of the art house theaters. <laughs> Well, because yeah, it, I mean, it is it, it, picture classic and it is um, it is foreign. Yeah, that's uh, a big. Yeah, I, I can't see this movie being released in like multiplexes alongside Hunger Games. <laughs> and, and and actually, like this is this movie is actually playing at the big art house theater in New York. Like the uh, the Walter Reed Theater in New York is like where Lincoln Center is, and it's mm. the big art house theater. Like. Like uh, they have a week of Truffaut, a week of Godard, like that kind of a uh, like the new people who read the New Yorker, kind of that that high end of um, film goer. Um, 
it's playing at it's playing there. So I I found that kind of refreshing. Uh, hmm. I'm I'm interested to to, to uh, hear what like snobby New York uh, film goers think of the raid. I I really I I haven't heard anyone. Well, I, I read Ebert's review, which yeah. is uh, it's borderline appalling. But I mean, some people were saying that the movie does get a little repetitive. But outside of that, I I have not heard anyone who just out and out hated this movie. Except I think if I think if you go to see the raid. Knowing what to expect, you're you're gonna fall in love with it. Except, yeah, Rod. I read Roger Ebert's review too, and I, I I disagreed with it just solely for the fact that he makes the statement he that he he doesn't he likes action, he likes blood and gore in movies as long as it's well made, and this movie is nothing but well made. It's brilliantly made. I I I, I don't know if he had a chip on his shoulder. Who knows? Maybe maybe he thought it was too repetitive. Maybe he just wasn't in the mood for this kind of action that day. Yeah. Uh, I will say that that it's. I don't think it's a particularly well written review. I think we've. I think we've exhausted the whole. It's like playing. A, it's like watching someone else play a video game argument. That that's so tired and really. Yeah, video game. Watching someone play a video game can be fun if you see video games as an art form, which Roger Ebert clearly doesn't. Well, this actually kind of feels like I'm playing a video game. I mean, it, it does play like this movie does play out as if it were a video game, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think is a, is a positive. There are many movies that I mean, you, you guys on the Golden Briefcase had a whole episode of movies that play like video games, like uh, it, um, James Cameron Aliens uh, plays like a video yeah. game, definitely, and um, District Nine plays like a video game as well. Yeah, exactly, uh, Wreck Two. Yeah, there. I mean, there are so many either POV or they're structured in such a way where where you can see discernible levels with you know bosses at the end of them. Yeah, but the the filmmaking is is just is so high <laughs> in, in this in this movie that um, even if you you question the morality of the violence in this movie that. You have to at least give it credit for the filmmaking aspect that there was a lot of thought put behind every shot uh, and edit in this movie. I totally agree. Absolutely. All right. So uh, I guess let's wrap things up. Uh, Where can we find you online, Jeremy Kirk? You can find my reviews every week at firstshowing.net. Also on firstshowing.net every week, you can listen to me and Tim Buell spout movies uh, on the Golden Briefcase. And you can also find me at filmschoolrejects.com. And I'm also on Twitter at Jeremy K. Kirk. I uh, highly recommend the podcast. Thank you. And you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Rudy underscore Obias, R-U-D-I-E underscore O-B-I-A-S, uh, Shakya.com and Autorcast.com and everything that is Rudy at RudyObias.com. Uh, all right, listeners, stay tuned. You're going to be uh, listen- uh, in the next segment. You're going to listen to uh, Perry Nemiroff and I talk about The Hunger Games. Uh, so thank you for listening. Hello everyone, welcome to Shock It Presents Movie Night. I'm your host, my name is Rudy Obias, and joining me is... Harry Nemiroff. 
All right. So in this episode, we're going to uh, talk about the big movie coming out this this weekend, uh, The Hunger Games, the, the adaptation, the movie adaptation of the widely popular uh, young adults uh, trilogy. Uh, this movie, it seems like we've been writing about and talking about uh, and anticipating this movie for almost two years. And f- finally, the big event came where uh, we finally got a chance. Perry and I finally got a chance to see it. Uh, so, Perry, let me ask you, uh, you. You've been writing about this movie for a very long time, more so than anyone I know uh, in this industry. Uh, what are your thoughts on this film? I absolutely loved it. As, as a fan and a film critic, I think that anyone who loves the books is going to feel like they really respected the source material and the fact that so many people are so into it and the large majority of the book is intact. And then, and then just from, you know, a technical standpoint and judging, judging the quality of the film, I think, you know, it's got a couple snags here and there, but overall, this is just a really well done adaptation. Yeah. I was actually really surprised uh, how well of an adaptation that this was. I mean, I haven't read the whole series. I have only read the first book and this movie is, is based on the first book. Uh, and I, I was just generally surprised, like how well this this plays as a movie. And I think actually more so than the book. I think I actually like the movie more more than the book. Albeit that the book definitely has more detail about um, about this world we live in and, and these characters and their interactions. But I think the movie really does boil down what I love about the book and just kind of accentuates it or heightens it. Um, I was pleasantly surprised uh, that even. With two and a half hours of movie, uh, I, I was engaged. I was never really bored, even though that this movie is um, is—I don't want to say slow, but there's just the, this deliberate pace about it. Um, and I think my biggest takeaway and my biggest surprise with the movie was the general tone of it, because going into it, I thought this was going to be played more like uh, like pop songs, like more like a YA book, more like um, a movie for teenagers. But I, I kind of took away that this was more for adults that teenagers can enjoy it. And I, I actually thought there was going to be a lot of pop music in this. And I was surprised there was that there was no pop music in this movie at all. Yeah. I mean, that that companion soundtrack is is just that it's it's the secondary thing. It's not in the movie at all. There's not one single song from that album in this movie. Not, I mean, I didn't stay through all the credits, but the first song into the credits, I don't think is even on that. Um, you read the book though, right, Rudy? Yeah. I read the first one. I was going to say, I found the pace to be quite swift. If, if anything, I think maybe it could have benefited from having an extra 20, 20 minutes. But I, I think that it felt fast to me because I knew every scene that was coming and I was always waiting for, for the next scene that I knew was on the way. And it, it moved, it moved very fast. A couple scenes I thought moved a little too fast and I wanted to see more specifically um, the opening ceremonies when all the chariots come in. I really did want to see every single tribute's costume and we don't really get a good look at all of that. Um, but still, I, with, with how fast it moves and how much information it covers, you still really do get just as good of a view as this whole world and this whole, whole system and how it works as you do when you're reading the book. Definitely, and I, I think that uh, for, for that that kind of a label that that we put on this, like this this YA movie, this big blockbuster movie, uh, it's surprisingly very very quiet and, and and intimate. And I think those were the things that really just surprised me overall while watching this movie. That it wasn't this big 
loud explosions type of movie. Uh, not to say that there isn't any action in it. Uh, there is quite a bit of it. Um, I think my only criticisms of this movie really just come from a lot of the shaky camness of of the direction, uh, especially in terms of action and chase scenes. I, I feel a, a number of the the action sequences were kind of incoherent, and uh, that kind of turned me off. But really, I think overall, I'm, I'm positive on on this film uh, outside of those little criticisms. I do know what you mean in terms of the action and the shaky cam. There were like, I want to say maybe one or two sequences that I can point out where, where the camera work did get a little too manic and, you know, a nice overhead shot seeing where exactly seeing the geography of the scene would have helped. But at the same time, I think that's what, that's what makes the movie so effective is that he's so clearly Gary Ross is so clearly trying to make this Katniss's movie and trying to make us see everything from her perspective. And that's where the shaky cam comes comes in handy, especially in a scene like the cornucopia. You know, there's so many things happening there and so many people getting killed. But when when you're back in her shoes, it, it kind of grounds something that's so grand like that. Yeah. And I, I think um, like speak, uh, speaking of uh, Katniss Everdeen, uh, when we got the announcement that Jennifer Lawrence of, of Winter's Bone and X-Men First Class fame was announced to be to play the role of Katniss Everdeen, the lead, I, I was kind of – I wasn't excited and I, I kind of thought, well, that doesn't really fit what I think of Katniss. Uh, just my impressions of Jennifer Lawrence before uh, I saw this movie. But um, I was really blown away by her. She really owns this movie, that she is this presence on the screen. And, and, and she does convey um, kind of – like she kind of conveys this uh, badassness action side of it, but she also conveys this very vulnerable. I'm I'm lost in the woods. I don't know how to handle this whole thing, and and she does it just so very well that Jennifer Lawrence was uh, really good in this film. Uh, Perry, what are your thoughts on Jennifer Lawrence's performance as Katniss Everdeen? She's just perfect. She is that character, and she owns it. She doesn't have to say anything. She could just look at you, and you know what she's thinking. There's this one. This one part that just kills me more than anything. It's when she's with uh, Cinna in right before going into the tube to go into the arena. And all of a sudden the countdown starts and she yeah. just gives him a look. And it's kind of like one of the first moments where you, where you notice that she realizes that she's about to like go into this world that could kill her in an instant. That she could be dead in the after the I think it's like 40 seconds of the countdown is up. And it's things like that that makes that make her stand out. And luckily, they cast a really solid group of people around her because the one per, the one performance I wasn't really feeling was was Liam Hemsworth as Gail. And I think it's largely due to the fact that all of her scenes are with her, and she's so good that he's just like maybe he is good too, but he's not great like she is. Yeah, well, I guess to be fair. Fair, excuse me. I guess to be fair, that he he really isn't in the movie so much. I mean, they share like maybe one scene together, and then for the rest of the two and a half hours, they just cut to him looking concerned or or upset. And I, I guess we really didn't see uh, Liam Hemsworth shine as much as he, he didn't have an opportunity to really show what what he has up his sleeve in, in this movie. I, again, I haven't read the second or third book, and I'm pretty sure that Gail makes uh, has a bigger uh, role in uh, the second and third book. But 
I, I feel for what he was doing in uh, in this one. I, I, th- I think it was fine. Um, I think that that scene you talk about uh, before Katniss go, uh, goes into the tube and the countdown starts. I love that scene. Like that. That's a scene not just for. Um, Katniss's reactions, but I, I feel as an audience, if you're not familiar with the source material or um, as you're watching this movie, you don't know what you, – you yourself don't know what's going to happen as soon as she gets into that tube. Um, so you're kind of at the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen next. Like how is this going to all play out? Um, and actually um, – Part of me was kind of shocked that this was a rated PG-13 movie because just solely for that premise of children killing children. <laughs> um, uh, Perry, what are your thoughts on, on the violence in this movie? Do you, do you feel that it should have been perhaps a rated R or is this just a really hard PG-13 rating? This is just a really hard PG-13 rating. I think that it's hard for me you know, I don't, I don't have children, but when I was, you know, 13, I was allowed to see just about anything I wanted. And I think I turned out okay. I don't think any of this stuff is going to scar a kid for life, but yeah, there, there's a, you know, I, there's a lot of really vicious killing happening here. And one scene in particular, someone gets their neck snapped and it's just, it's the sound of that that just like radiates through you and gives you chills. And there's a lot of just like, you know, seeing like a poor little boy cowering in the corner and then just seeing, you know, the slash of a knife, something like that just really sticks with you. Yeah. I I think uh, 13 is just like 13 and up is just about right for this movie. But I think if you're, taking your seven or eight year old to this movie thinking it's like Harry Potter or something. Uh, I think that might be a little too much. You know, I think uh, 13, 14 is that right age where where you're questioning authority already. And then a movie like this comes around and just makes you think even more. Um, I I think if you're younger than this and hopefully people aren't taking like six year olds to this movie, um, thinking it is going to be like Harry Potter, like that first Harry Potter movie, uh, I, I think it might be a little too intense for six, seven, eight-year-olds to, to watch. Um, I, I, but I think overall for me, this is a very hard PG-13, and I think about it in terms of um, The Dark Knight, where, where that was also kind of straddling the line between PG-13 and R. Um, I think the only difference here is that this goes a little further than The Dark Knight in terms of, of violence and, and action, just namely because there's there's blood there's a lot of blood and uh they show like the aftermath of this violence more so than they did in the dark knight and so i was kind of just taken aback to that they're actually showing this on the screen you know i i know you you say there's a lot of blood and i actually thought about it last night when i saw it again maybe it's just because i'm like such a nut with horror movies but i still (laughs) don't see it as being that bloody i still think that the more horrifying material is even in a way, some of the stuff we don't see, like there are a couple scenes where like, like the actual physical killing is happening off, like out of the frame. And then like a dead person falls into it. And just thinking about what went on is is the more terrifying thing to me. I think, I think blood comes from, you know, you know, of course, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, spoiler, but of course, like the leads get injured and like they're, they're dressing their wounds. I think that's probably the bloodiest of the material. Well, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm definitely more squeamish <laughs> than, than you when it comes to to seeing blood on the screen. Uh, but uh, in saying that, that I don't 
again, there's not like that. There's not like buckets of blood in this movie, but again, I think I was just shocked by by the the level of uh, of of blood, I guess, in in this movie overall. Um, what are your thoughts on how it compares to the book and how it how it ends? Uh, do like they have have they announced a sequel yet? I'm not sure if if, uh, if a sequel is in the works. I'm sure there will be, but um, I'm wondering how um, a sequel is going to play out. Uh, or when it's going to come. I'm pretty certain that the, the sequel is official. I'm pretty certain that Larry, that Gary Ross is 110% on board to direct again. And I believe that, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now, but the one who wrote Slumdog is writing the script and it's either shooting this summer or in the fall. But, but yeah, I mean, the... You you said you only read the first book, right? Yeah, I didn't read the second or third well, one yet. The the first, I think the the movie and the book are are you know pretty close matches, and I felt you know of course when you're reading a book, you're picturing certain things you know your own way based on your own imagination, and there were one or two things that might not have matched that when I saw the film, but generally everything everything is in there. The large majority of things are in there, and a few extra things are are put in to enhance the story, which I think are really effective, but. In terms of, you know, the book versus the movie and where it's going to lead from here, it it puts us right on track to go right into Catching Fire from here. Yeah, I I have to to read Catching Fire. (laughs) Uh, Actually, that was like one of the things after I walked out of uh, Hunger Games just made me really want to know what happens next. Uh, I don't remember why I put down um, the Hunger Games or why I didn't didn't pick up Catching Fire, but now I kind of really want to watch before the movie comes out. I can't believe you put it down because, (laughs) you know, okay, maybe Susan Collins writes some great work and, you know, say what you want if like something isn't as good as it could be, but damn does she know how to write a cliffhanger i read the first book and i had to go straight into the second and it absolutely killed me that i finished the second before mockingjay came out because that cliffhanger is way more intense oh man oh i i have to brace myself for that i guess uh and i think yeah i can't i tweeted this out uh yesterday i don't know if you if you read that my tweet about the hunger games that I feel that this potentially, if it makes as much money as it, it is going to make, perhaps this might get nominated for Best Picture, considering the people who are behind it. We have a filmmaker in Gary Ross who has been nominated. His, his movies have been nominated for um, Best Picture before in um, Seabiscuit, his last film. We have a lot of people who are, like, namely the cast, who have either won Oscars or have been uh, Oscar nominated uh, in Jennifer Lawrence and a lot of this uh, cast actually Donald, Donald Sutherland, Stanley Tucci, um, Woody Harrelson, and I, it's not going to be surprising to me at least if uh, The Hunger Games gets nominated for Best Picture uh, solely when we're in a state of having um, ten, up to ten nominations. Uh, Perry, do you think I'm crazy by thinking that? I don't think you're crazy. Like a part of me wants to jump jump on that train too, but then I just consider Harry Potter and look at all the money that made makes look at how well it's received and yet that's never gotten a best picture nomination i do think the hunger games could be up for i don't know costume art direction i don't even want to say say visual effects because special effects i guess but because the one one of the things that bothered me a little was when when they're on fire in in the chariot scene i thought that looked 
just incredibly fake, but <laughs> I, I kind of glossed over it and still love the movie. But, um, but really yeah, in terms of fire, in right? terms of uh, nominations, I it's much more likely that it's going to happen in those kinds of categories. As much as we might want it to happen, some people, and as much money as it's going to make, it's got good reviews. I just I don't see it happening. Uh, I, I think I think it will. You know, I'm going to call it right now <laughs> in March. Okay, deal. <laughs> that come January 2013, I, I will not be surprised if they announce the Hunger Games getting nominated for Best Picture. Albeit in a race of of ten movies that could be nominated, I think there's a lot going for it, just in terms of entertainment value and kind of artistry. That this is the kind of film that the Academy wants to get nominated for Best Picture, um, and you know, hopefully, maybe it will be. You know, uh, I, I could. I will also say perhaps Dark Knight Rises as well, just because the Dark Knight people really wanted the Dark Knight to get nominated uh, in two thousand eight. Uh, so I'm calling it right now. But don't, okay, <laughs> if if I'm wrong, then uh, please don't make fun of me that much for it. <laughs> I'll just say I told you so. <laughs> And now we have it on the record, uh, preserved forever here on this podcast. Uh, anything else you want to talk about the Hunger Games? I mean, I myself, I was really surprised how good this movie was. Uh, not just being a, a moderate fan of the source material, but also just in, uh, as, as a film goer and a cinemaphile that this, I was really blown away by this movie. I would say, yeah, I, it's, it's an interesting situation for me just because I've invested so much in covering this movie for so long and to finally see it. Like I've never, I've never experienced like, God, I'm going to sound like so cheesy, like, and so obsessive with this, but it's kind of like really been a part of my life for, for a year now. And to have something like that, you know, finally come out and live up to my expectations. And, you know, I just, I really foresee myself once this hits DVD, watching it over and over again. And, I don't know. I'm so it makes me so proud of the work I did, and it's <laughs> so it's it's really nice to have all of that work kind of honored in a way. Yeah, uh, it, it's almost as if uh, that you you were actually part of the Hunger Games yourself. <laughs> oh, do I wish <laughs> that k- killing all these children? You all right? Maybe not anymore. <laughs> uh, have you seen Battle Royale? Uh, there's a lot of compare like when this originally came out in book form and then when the movie came out a lot of people were comparing it and in fact um uh claiming that it was a big ripoff of battle royale uh, have you seen that film and if so uh, what are your thoughts on the comparison between the two i've seen battle royale and i think i wrote a comparison piece probably about a year and a half ago actually for cinematical oh, man, um that's a name i remember it, it was i i see why people are making the comparison i mean they're both about you know kids killing kids and you just can't, you can't compare the level of the level of I guess I guess I want to say character development and that film is good I really do love Battle Royale but this is you know I don't know how much that costs to make but this is a hundred million dollar movie and there's just so many meticulous layers to this story whereas that one is you know they're, they're in there killing each other for a reason but it's it's not explored to this to the same extent and this this feels much more driven by a really strong lead whereas that one is more of like an overview of the situation more so than anything it has its leads but it's it's 
not from a particular character's perspective, which I think changes it entirely. I, I think the, the, the perhaps the similarities just end at it's a group of kids killing each other in, in competition for uh, reality TV. Uh, I feel I, I agree with you that the Hunger Games does uh, extend the world of, of of where this all takes place, which I find interesting, and it really does immerse you into. Uh, the actual story and it engages you on that level. I, I too, I love battle Royale. Actually, I, I wrote something a long time ago at the, at the, the end of this past decade saying that battle Royale was my number one movie of the two thousands. And I still hold to that. It's just a, it's a fantastic, great movie. I'll give you that. I really enjoyed that movie. I just put it in a, I wrote a piece for movies.com uh, about, violent violent kids in movies obviously for hunger games and and i put one of my favorite scenes from battle royale into that list oh which scene it's the scene where where you know the group of girls that hides out in the house and they try to one tries to poison the other and it's just this like epic massacre that ensues after that it's just such a brilliant scene yeah it's a uh the this mexican standoff with machine guns (laughs) it's incredible yeah and i think this one really I mean, both have its place, and I think both can coexist. I mean, I don't think one's better than the other. I, I think, you know, the, the similarities are, are – there are not a lot of similarities to it, and I don't think that uh, The Hunger Games is a blatant ripoff of it, but they both can exist <laughs> in this world, and they, they're both good. And I, I, I don't know why people have to say well, you have to pick one or the other, that uh, one is automatically bad because it came out 12 years after uh, – the the other um and i i I just feel that uh it it just shouldn't be like this is a great movie battle royale is a great movie and they both just coexist and people should you know just get on with their lives i guess and how many movies out there like don't have similarities like so many like almost every idea for a movie grows out of another grows out of something inspired by another one exactly you, know? you can make this kind of connection with almost every movie that comes out. I guarantee it. Like uh, John Carter in Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, th- these movies can just coexist. I mean, there's no real no reason why uh, they cannot. I mean, it, this is not a remake of Battle Royale. It's a completely different thing. And, you know, one both are good, and we can just leave it at that. Uh Let's wrap up this episode of Movie Night. Uh, where can we find you online, Perry Nemiroff? You could find me at shocky.com, cinemablend.com, movies.com, and on Twitter. My handle is pnemiroff, P-N-E-M-I-R-O-F-F. And you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Rudy underscore Obias. That's R-U-D-I-E underscore O-B-I-A-S. Shocky.com, autorcast.com, and everything that is Rudy at rudyobias.com. Uh, on the next episode of Movie Night, we're going to be discussing uh, Mirror, Mirror, and and perhaps Wrath of the Titans, if, if I get a chance to see that one. But most likely, we'll discuss uh, Mirror, Mirror. Uh, so closing out this episode of Movie Night, thank you so much for listening to our show. Goodbye.
Jackson.